Okay, with Jeff Fuchs, who's the host of It's a Beautiful World. Uh, it's I guess it's going to be a television series. It's part of Global Heroes. Is it? Is this going to be the first of a of a long of a long running series, Jeff? Or like, what's the what's the, what's the? Is it called Global Heroes? It's a Beautiful World, or is it just a beautiful world? Well, it's it's sort of premised on It's a Beautiful World with, and you can pick and choose who you put in there. For me, it's the beginning. But yes, the idea is that it's. It sort of sets off a series and I, the premise is understated stories. There's enough, there's enough negativity out there. You, there. There's plenty of people doing incredible things, understated. Um, there's meals to be had, there's conversations and there are plenty of inspiration points. So yeah, the, the show seeks to find the people, the places, the meals, the beverages, and those little irreverent moments that uh, that add some spice and some restorative energy. And sometimes you get literal spice, I guess, too, right? So. Oh yeah, no, we had the uh, producer almost blow my head off on a practical joke, and uh, it was so bad on the last on the last shoot uh, in Guatemala that he he was concerned. And, and interestingly enough, I don't think it's going to be in the, the final cut, but I said, yeah, put it in the final cut. So there's lots of spice and there's, a food, this isn't an analysis of food per se. It's more of food is the conduit to having conversations and it's, it's a great facilitator. It's a great provider and, and mealtimes, the, the world over kitchens, heat, fire, I think provide some of those, those safety moments so you're so be i guess it connects it connects cultures i guess right it doesn't matter what your ideology is politically or or spiritually and but to say if, if you have this if you share a commonality with food then you could have a conversation you could connect i guess right very much and that's an explicit sort of uh it's it's what we want to make very explicit that this isn't about how quickly can we figure out what the other person's political alignments are? In fact, that that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. We're we're trying to connect the human condition, the deeds. I think, uh, regardless of background, as you said, regardless of spiritual faith, it's it's about sitting down with people doing the deeds first and the talking later. The deeds first and the talking later. So how does this, like, is if you go to your website, we'll have a connection on your website. You are an explorer. I guess that's what your trademark is. That's what you're, when you, I guess when you apply your taxes, you, you, you say that you're an explorer. That's what you do for professionally or what is like, basically, it seems like this is something you've been doing for a long time, exploring the world. Yeah, particularly I've been lodged and happily lodged in the Himalayas uh, for, well, I've been going there for two and a half decades, but I lived there for a decade. And my my focus was the trade routes, resin, tea. Um, th there's a lot of little striding pathways through the Himalayas that don't get some of the credit that, say, summits and peaks do. Uh, but if you look at a map of these trade routes that go through the Himalayas, they connected cultures. They connected uh, a lot of seeds you could have a food bank uh, with the origin point in Pakistan. And by extension, you could get food and seeds into China. So DNA was flowing. Commercial goods were flowing. 
Um, and my interest was in also in the in the language in linguistics, how linguistics traveled and crisscrossed the Himalayas. But yes, it, exploration was the thing that stimulated me, and I think it's still the thing that drives the bloodstream because it's a. Without getting cheesy about these things, it's also a bit of a an exploration of of all of society. And the the Himalayan trade routes just had a particular physicality and odyssey kind of feel to them because you have these you have these cultures which have been linked for millennia that are linked by food, by culture, by agreements, by codes of conduct, by honor. And to some degree, I think that links into what we're doing with It's a Beautiful World. And we're 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 trying to go into those those human qualities which just allow for people to just act and do these deeds, whether it be helping, whether it be providing, restoring. Um, bit of a zigzag answer there. And right now my wife and I run a nonprofit here on the big island of Hawaii. So, and it's, a lot of the foundations are the same. It's to get kids outside, engaged in gardens, farm to table, get them putting up tents, getting, getting them having a conversation around a fire, interfacing. Uh, and there, there is a huge, there is a huge appetite if you can engage youth from whatever part of the globe we're talking about. Hundred percent. So, how did you get involved with uh, with this production with the It's a Beautiful World? Uh, the team seems like a pretty established team of producers and directors, writers. How did you come aboard this project? Yeah, there are a few of characters that uh, I'm familiar with in this organization just through <laughs> writing of articles. Um, the, I just like how you said characters, but that, that just like it leads. Oh, to they are. Questions. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, and that was intentional. Uh, they are characters, and uh, they're people I've worked with. The editors, one of the the magicians that does the editing, I've worked with him on many projects. Uh, we went over the the Andes together. He was a cameraman, so we have a. I was sort of. I guess, given an opportunity to speak to the producers uh, by this gentleman, Sergio. And, and he's one of these characters. And, um, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of the intention behind the show is to have people with a lot of diverse backgrounds, but also fundamentally interested in the human condition. So it's not just about how well you can do uh, how how well you can do your your f stops and your lighting mm -hmm. or your editing or your even your speaking it's it's more a sense of can you flow and work through and build consensus with these people so i had a couple of conversations with the producer amir and then yeah there was kind of a it was a very non formal agreement i was like okay well are you interested and i said yeah very interested they're interested because of, you know, stuff we've talked about earlier, just this idea that food's involved, people are, in, are involved, people's character, it's a non-judgmental type of thing where often we're, the intention is to go into a lot of areas that have had pretty heavy histrionics. The Amazon itself is one of those places that in the present tense still goes through with it. Yeah. And 
also the intention is just to come in with a non-script script, just shoot on the fly, live on the fly, speak on the fly and enjoy those moments of, you know, if you, if you don't know what to say, the beauty of this production is we don't have to fill it up with noise or music or script. We can just, we can just have some fun with it. And that's that what you was, guys did with this one. You went to Columbia and you just start shooting and exploring. And then you came back and kind of figured out the story. To a degree, we knew who we were going to meet or who we were intending on meeting. Gotcha. We had time, but we deliberately kept it blank. We didn't provide them with the script. We didn't provide them with those little, what are those little things that I'd like to get into? And I mean, I had an idea of things I'd like to talk to because some of these, again, these characters, we'd had pre-interviews with them. So you get a sense of their, Mm -hmm. you get a taste of them as human beings. And so that led to sort of a, a rough idea in my head of what to go with. But we were all very good with the idea that we're not going to script this. And that has remained so for the second and third episodes as well. The idea is just to have conversations and not intentionally try to drive it in any one direction. That's so interesting. And, but I guess you have that, they hired you because you kind of have that touch where you can, you can, you, you're comfortable because you've, you've traveled the world and you've had so many different cultures and you must have that, like, you're not, not nervous per se. You're not like you can, you have that kind of language that with, with like, you're able to approach people in that, in that unique way that you just described. I'm sure I'm assuming that's why they hired you. Yeah, I think that was part of it. They also had a bit of footage of me, but I, I, I like to listen. And I think that's an underrated part of what we're doing in this. We're not sledgehammering anything. We're actually letting, the, the intention is to let the characters, the environment, the cooking, we want these elements, these people to tell us the story. I'm there to provoke once in a while occasionally get a little naughty um but i'm not there to dictate i'm certainly not there to structure something i'm there to yeah have fun be interested i mean i i am interested um that's the reason we we've targeted certain parts of the world certain people and yeah i grew up in a household where it was all about storytelling my hungarian grandmother used to sit and I mean, it was a bit of a dominating performance or monologue, but uh, the 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 skill set of listening was uh, entrenched. And if it wasn't entrenched, it was physically installed. Uh, but yeah, the the listening portion is really important. And and I'm. I was going to ask you speak Hungarian. No, I've lost. I've got little bits, but my grandmother was the the firecracker who kept the the language alive and. It's one of those languages that um, there's a few out there that if you don't use it, you're losing it. Yeah. My my father-in-law, he's a Hungarian. He speaks it with his brother all the time. So, Really? Yeah. Uh, I hear it. They're fat. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're fascinating people. And of course the, I think that's the other thing about this, you know, what we're, what we're trying to do and strive for is, 
we haven't targeted storytellers. In fact, some of the best storytellers are those who narrate very slowly with, you know, gaps between words, but they're, you know, you look at them and you're, you're, you're drawn in. So we, we are always looking at the storytelling component and who can tell these tales. And some people have the, they're glib, they're manic, they're passionate, they sweat and they ooze this charisma. They ooze their stories and their narratives and others are very much more, there's a bit of nervousness or a bit of hesitation, but they're equally compelling. Mm. Well, that, uh, it's, it seems that that's what you want in your, in your, in your, uh, in your subject to have that nervous tension to have that they like we, everything you just described, right? Like they, there's the intelligence to them, but they're not like showmen. They're not trying to be showy. They're not, they're not trying to be someone that they're not, I guess. Right. Yes. In fact, that, that, that quality you speak of that relatability, that authenticity, that's often difficult when you've got two or three cameramen yeah. hovering around. So part of what we do is we go in and, and th this was explicit at the beginning as well. We really want to go in with a soft shoe, a soft touch, a small footprint. And we want to honor their time, their, their space. Often in the kitchens, we're, we're mucking around with equipment. Uh, and yes, we, we are looking for those people who ring true. And, and you know, we all know them when we when we speak to someone, I think we all have this ability to feel it. It's a gut. And then it's up to them and it's up to us not to interrupt. It's up to them to find their pacing. And, and you know, the, the other thing I think is that we don't wish to be intrusive. We're not interested in intruding. So the personal questions, I'll ask them only if and when I feel like there's a there's an easy respectful manner in which to do it yeah it's so interesting because even like uh the the, the interviews you have in this particular this 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 piece first of all your camera operators are fantastic because they're 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 always framing you talking to somebody but there's always something else going on in the yeah. background or something else happening and then, well, I think that is, that has as much to do with to ensure that if what I'm saying isn't at all interesting or on point, they've got some little flickering of a of a sloth or a monkey in the background. No, but there's the thematic okay. happening, right? Like they're yeah. they're 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 framing the thematic. There's there's the framing the 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 essence of what what what's happening around the conversation, right? Very much so. Very much. Yeah, and and you know that's a good point you raise because it is all about creating as much contextual information as we can so that i mean because a lot of the sights and the sounds and the smells are not being able to you know they're not transmittable by a visual or audio so with as much visuals and the, and the cameramen are i mean they're they're brilliant feelers as well and and they also are involved in this for their abilities to to gently trod, to record without being intrusive, and from a content perspective, just grab everything, uh, just take everything we can from a visual perspective, and let the editors, who have their own realm of eccentricity, uh, to give them the ability to to paint, to have some fun. 
And you also have a nice ability to be able to eat and interview at the same time, which not many people can do. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. And I, I think perhaps that's almost, um, I think there's two ways that you, you can look at it as, oh my God, if something is stuck or if I spit a piece of food out during this, there's that or there there is that complicity that you feel when you eat. Again, back to my Hungarian grandmother, everything that she did and said and felt and inspired and restored with had to do with food. So food was the sanctuary point. And I think that's the sort of conduit that we, we try to use. It's also a great way to do it live to to have a conversation and to eat a piranha for the first time um you okay. know you you can't you can't you can't fake that the second and third time you often you don't know what you're eating and then you're finding out as you take the second gooey gluteny bite of whatever you've got going and yeah so you brought it up how was the piranha is it good does it taste would you yeah, eat it I think I mentioned, yeah, I think I, I mentioned it in there. It was like a trout for me. Okay. I mean, I did a lot of fishing with my dad when I was young on the on these huge lakes in Ontario. And it was like a trout. It, you know, you do look at the thing a, a little bit longer than you look at a, a sort of a benign trout because you have this, this incredible mandibular and you have these 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 beautiful canines uh in the in the piranha but now they were good they were good yeah these are such interesting films just from like a like a, a not just an average audience perspective because you're kind of taking the viewer into into this journey so you're entertaining us but you're educating us at the same time which is hard to do because you're kind of doing two things at the same time and it just shows you like the different lives in the small planet that that people live, like the the worlds that in the the, the like these kids that like you have these kids playing soccer. It's funny everybody plays soccer, right? Mm. But but it's just like they're just they just live like different lives than we did as kids. And they they seem happy and they seem content and they like they 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 they're just it's just it's just so interesting the way we like sometimes we get so caught in our own little western world right and it's just so interesting to watch these films well yeah and the the hope is that and and yeah and i mean certainly for our team too it's uh as you say it's it's like a reminder that there's a lot going on in micro worlds yeah. that are as of brilliant and intentional and important in a, in scope as the big stuff. Um, you know, there's this expression, things people want to change the world. Well, I think what we're trying to do is, is get into an intimate, these intimate worlds where people aren't thinking in the scope of the world. They're thinking very much of this intimacy that they have and share with their communities. And this is most of the world that lives, still lives like this. So, they're doing good things, not for an audience, not for any sort of highlight reel or you know theatrical review, anything like that. They're they're just simply messing up, doing good, struggling through days, struggling with disease, you name it. Also enjoying life. They're they're just going about it in a very micro, intimate way, and that is. That is a great tonic 
for our times, I think, for all of us, for me. For me, just being around those kids, just being on the sidelines and watching them. I mean, having the, the girls show up, because I was a bit concerned with the, you know, you, I often think of Latin culture and I think of that gorgeous hubris and that, and that slightly machismo stuff. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And then these girls came out and they absolutely, they were rocking that particular soccer match. And just to see the pride on their faces and, you know, there was nobody standing with, nobody filming them except us. Uh, and it was a great little tonic. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you just, you kind of mentioned that because it is, you I guess in a sense, it's still kind of male, it's a male dominated kind of culture, I guess, in a lot of ways, right? Very much so. Very much and, and, you know, the patriarchy that's existed there and still exists. That's another one of those very delicate issues we have to be sensitive to is not to come in and judge or if we're judging, keep our mouths shut. And we're not there to judge a society based on a very limited amount of time. We're there to point out the qualities. Criticism is easy. Other people can do that. And I'm sure other people do. Uh, for us, the role is to point out these little aspirations that the people have. And I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these old grandfathers and the elders who were men, if you actually sit and talk with them, they're part of this patriarchal system. But if you sit and talk to them, which we did in cases, they're often very intuitive um, about this particular topic, and they're and they're actually encouraging young women. Uh, they're just caught in a bit of a time bubble. How do you promote it while still clinging to vestiges of the traditions in the past of these these old cultures? But along the Amazon, there are a lot of leaders, a lot of aspiring young leaders who are women, girls. Yeah. That's the key. Uh, it is. It is. And it's and it's happening organically. It's happening as it should in those areas. It's not happening because it's been dictated by an outside. It's it's been understood. And there's a lot of great shamans in the in that basin along the Amazon who are women. They're 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 talked about with with hushed tones and revered. So you know, these little these little soft, delicate issues are all around us. And if we're looking to criticize, well, if we were going to be doing that, I, I, I would, I don't think I would be involved with it, with this particular production, nor would some of the, uh, the, the guys yeah. shooting nor the editors. But that said, you are going there and you're talking to your main guy, your main interview is a male. Right. So I guess that makes yes. them comfortable. But if you went there and then your main interviewer was a female, would they take is issue to that? Because that's sort of making you're making a statement going there and interviewing mm. a female over a male. Right. So you're, you're doing you're doing like You said you're being positive, but you're also being kind of strategic about it because you're not centering on the issue, I guess. Right. Exactly. And it and it, it it's. It goes without say, and I mean, I encountered this in the Himalayas. We encountered it in, in our last shoot in Guatemala as well. Um, there is always that 
consideration before you go to a place to ensure that you understand the setup. There are a lot of social and cultural uh, norms in the places we go. And while we are from the West and we're not claiming to be from anywhere else, we do, on the other hand, want to be very sure that we're respecting the right elders at the right times, because often if we're not approaching it correctly from their point of view, we won't be able to interview yeah. the young girl or we won't be able to interview the third in command of this organization. It will be shut down immediately. So, and certainly with Columbia that, you know, that, that area is just getting into that area, getting the permissions. It's, it's of course the federal permissions we need, the regional permissions, the local permissions, the cartel permissions, which we don't actually know. I mean, we never signed any papers, but they knew we were there. And so we had to, we had to be sensitive to the fact that before we went, we needed to be understanding of what we were getting into. And as you said, strategic for the sake of the integrity of the whole, the whole production. So I guess all the card cartel cares about is that you're not going to talk about the cartel. As long as you don't talk about them, then I guess they're going to be okay, I guess, right? Yeah, I think there's a presumption that, uh, hey, listen, boys, girls, we know you're here. Um, the irony is we're probably the self safest film crew ever in that region for that particular time, because I think once we had all of the permissions, uh, nobody really wanted to to deal with us. I think a month or two, I can't remember exactly, but there was an assassination in the village we were shooting primarily in. And there was, you know, there was a concern before we went, are we even going to be given access to this area? And in the end, it, it worked out. But I, that is maybe one of the reasons, one of the exact reasons why we, we targeted that area is because it's, there are so many things happening at on in any given time there's there's mining illegal mining illegal lumber there's poaching of animals there's all of this huge swath of stuff going on that is real life for them so and again back to the sensitivity thing that's why we needed to be yeah we needed to understand what the context, what the landscape, what the relationships were like before we got there and not to intrude. And we're not, we're not divulging this gentleman here is running an illegal mining. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great. But then, but then you have at the same time, you have editorial control, right? When you go back, they're not. Yes. Yeah. So. But they, yeah, I, I get, I get that it's, it's, that's good producing, I guess, whoever set this up for you guys. Like it's, I'm sure you've done it before yourself. You've been all over the place, right? Like it's, it's, it's understanding the, understanding the culture, understanding who you're talking to, to kind of get all these things, all these, these parts kind of flowing, I guess, right? To get, to actually get you and a camera crew there. And yes, to get there and to also explain to the, the, the wonderful contributors, the subjects that we interview, to give them context about the audience that potentially sees this. I mean, we don't have so much time, but it, it, it's very important that 
we communicate that with them, that the audience is looking for basic information. So for the locals, they'll say, well, that's not important. Yeah. And we tell them, we need to give the audience members in the West or whoever's watching this, we need to give them a little more simple context because actually it is something of interest. But we also want to be able to show this with pride and you know, humility to the subjects of this so that they can look at it one day with pride and say, yeah, may not like the host's hats. And, uh, but we'd love for them to be able to look at it and say, no, this, this portrays us with a sense of a bit of nobility, a bit of reality. And we're not trying to smudge any lines, but we're also not trying to create this is only what, what, what it is. We hint that there's a lot more going on. And there's only so many of these, these wonderful subject matters and people that we can touch upon. So sometimes we, we had one gentleman say, well, how come, I'm, how come I'm only in this for literally 15 seconds? <laughs> you know, men are vain. Let's, um, and we just explained, listen, for the, for the particular type of story that we wanted to do, we had to. And he, and he understood. Yeah. Totally. So you're so this is this 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 the beautiful world's playing on an Amazon Prime right now. How many of you guys? How many of these films have you guys done so far? You've done Colombia. If you have you done a couple more? We have done. We shot in Guatemala just recently, and that's going to be two episodes, two full episodes of Guatemala. So episodes two and three will be Guatemala only, and then I believe later this year, early next year, we start uh producing and shooting on a more sort of regimented timetable oh wow so i guess it's just about getting funding getting kind of like this is almost like a proof of concept kind of the first one i guess right showing people what what you're good what your your agenda is i guess right what the agenda is and also how we work as a team and yes the funds the funds are always playing into it but it, my understanding is the funds are available to us. What this is about is getting the narrative down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going into this, we didn't do too much of a mission statement type of thing. We, we, we had an intention to uncover some of these underrated stories, eat along the way, bounce around in, in transportation, and be open to things when once we got to a place. So I think now we're getting a sense of the team, how we work together. We're we're also taking great faith in this um, non-script script, which I think is great because I think some of those those I think the special moments in life and living and meals are are taking place when there is no script, there is no setup. It's guerrilla style. You're just you've got a camera that's moving, that's shaking around. People are comfortable with one another, or not. And then you you can see. I think those those little life, those micro elements of living in life, those micro expressions, those surprise moments, those little uh, you know, seeing somebody that takes the breath, we can we can grab that moment. Well, one of the side characters in the in this piece is the monkey, right? So, like, yes, 
You guys sloth. love the monkey. <laughs> yes, and that that beautiful sloth sloth. Uh, Sorry, Ava. is that a sloth? I don't even know. But the, I, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah, no, there were there were a bunch of monkeys, and they were trying to steal the headline inevitably yeah. wherever we were. There was this uh, young sloth who, I mean, yeah, she shut she shut my whole basically my whole sensory system down. Yeah, she just uh, she, she took everything and put it into this razor sharp point of slow movement intention and well, I think the the whole team basically shut up. We all stopped talking and just watched the sloth try to hit me. And it was a, it was this it was this wonderful slow motion sort of swipe at me. And I asked, I think it was Juan or Julian. I I asked. I said, so "What is what's happening here?" Looked like she was confused. And uh, I don't know if this was serious, but says, "Oh no, she's trying to hit you." Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's I, I think that I guess the one of the the tone you're talking about tone in the beginning where it's about but it's about positivity. It's about about going into these worlds, these cultures, and telling a positive story, seeing the beauty. It's called a, it's a beautiful world. Seeing the beauty in in our in our life in our world, I guess, right? And like right. and political kind of talks and all these like you know government corruptions, all these kind of things that you could talk about matriarch system versus patriarch system. It, that's for another film, I guess, right? That's for another documentary. It is, and and we're. You know, there's a big difference between government and policy and people. Yeah. On the ground, when you share a meal with somebody, I actually would rather not hear about any political affiliations. I'd rather just hear about what they're doing. And, you know, you can juxtapose what's happening over there with the lumber or the illegal mining. And sure, that's awful. It is. And maybe once in a while we'll poke our heads in there. But the emphasis is on the deeds and the people doing them, the understated people, the big people, the, the the people who are well known, the people who are will never be seen beyond their little village. They're often doing these incredible things. They're often they are often without titling themselves. So they're often the greatest environmentalists. They are people who are changing and trying to make sense of this thing that they call life in a village of you know twenty two people. So. The emphasis is to them, the, the the credit is to them, and yeah, well, and I, but you know, we need to provoke the odd moment too. And that's the other thing; we don't want to be earnest with this. It, it's too. I think it would be too easy yeah. to become very earnest about this and and not uh, have the odd moment of mirth or or of a little bit of um, you know those moments of black humor it, because a lot of these people are. They, they have these wonderfully intuitive uh, sensibilities of humor. And they poke fun at us uh, when we walk in to some of the huts and to some of the villages. And it's, you know, that's also part of what we want to revere is, yeah, it's, it's not all sad stuff in here. It's not all about poverty. It is about how people are making do yeah. or not. Were you uh, that we the, the the producers send you the audience uh, feedback video that we we send everybody? Did you get a chance to watch that or no? 
Yes, I did. I, I did get a chance. Uh, I didn't get a chance. I was the last person to see the feedback just because I missed, I initially missed their email, but yeah, I did see it. And did you, did you have any, uh, what was your reactions to what they had to say about your film? Well, it was, what I heard was, was great because I think the there was a, an implicit understanding of what the intention was. We weren't there to, we weren't there to tell a story that wasn't there. We were there to, I, I, I heard a couple of people speak of the fact that they felt that they were being, they had been given an entrance and an education into a part of the world that we ourselves were getting educated with and that we were doing it as softly as we could. Um, the other thing I heard was the narration, and, and that was an interesting one because the narration for me became much more important after we filmed because there were so many pieces that I felt we needed to make mention of. And there were so many aspects that weren't said when we were you know, filming that I felt was necessary. So the you know, the were a couple of little mentions of the narration and, and that was nice to hear because that was very intentional from the whole team's perspective. Um, particularly if particularly for me, it's important that we're not just bang, 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 bang. It's not just one soundbite after another, one big visual, one explosive scene. I, I guess the narration allows for these little gentle transitions yeah. to, to something else. So the proof of concept worked. Uh, the first, the first one, the first pilot quote unquote works like, worked like a charm. And I think that you're, you were talking about your agenda and what you were looking for. You accomplished the goal. So I can't wait to see the next episodes and I'm sure we'll get picked up on Amazon prime or wherever, wherever uh, you get the best deal <laughs> or you're producing yes. the best deal. So yeah, that that's a world that I don't like to even yeah. try to conceptualize. Just like you know, it's 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 fun. Yeah, and I and I hope we do a lot more of this because there's a lot more people and meals and sloths to uh, to to meet and be a part of and to maybe shine a bit more light on them. I, I think that's that's well, the fun part of this. Places I think. to go, that's for sure. No, no. No, I'm touching wood as you uh, as you say that. Never. You all these continents to, the, to venture to. So, yes, yeah, and there's a lot of flights to miss and a lot of uh, miscommunications to have too. That's part of the. That's part of the best part. I wish some more of the bloopers uh, were in there because there were plenty. No, oh, well, maybe that's the that's the next film. It's like the the making of this the, these these projects, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there, there's plenty to use. There's plenty, there's plenty of uh, footage for that one. Well, congratulations, and thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate that. This and uh, good luck with you and your wife and the nonprofit in Hawaii. And and let's talk again when uh, when perhaps we show your next film at our festival. Look, looking forward, Matthew. Thank you for uh, for having me, and thanks for the uh, the time and the the gentle questions. They were informed questions, which I think makes a big difference. Thanks. One, two, three, four, five, six.